is Vance Joseph set up to be the scapegoat if the 2022 season for the Arizona Cardinals goes poorly? Plus, Kyle Odegaard, formerly of azcardinals.com, joins me to give his thoughts on the Cardinals offseason so far. Locked on Cardinals. Here we go. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Um, the big week of guests continues. Monday, Nina Kimes. Tuesday, Mike Golding Jr. Yesterday, Matt Money Smith from the NFL Network. And today is going to be Kyle Odegaard, formerly of azcardinals.com and now of compare.bet. He's going to join me for some insight about the Cardinals offseason, Kyler Murray versus the team, and then free agency so far and through the draft. I even asked him about Vance Joseph, which I'm going to talk about here in just a minute. You can check me out on Thursdays, actually today, because today's Thursday. Check me out on the Locked On NFL National Show with Tyler Rowland on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, and free and available, once again, wherever you get your podcast. There's no paywall. You get all this stuff for free. Sure, you got to listen to some live reads. Suck it up. You don't have to pay anything. It's awesome. That's what makes, that's one of the things that makes Locked On Podcast Network so great. Is Vance Joseph set up to be the scapegoat if the 2022 season doesn't go well for the Arizona Cardinals? An emphatic yes from me. Why do you ask? I'm glad you asked me. Um, there has been very little help on the defensive side of the ball since the end of the 2021 season from Steve Kime adding players and in the draft that would set Vance Joseph up for success. The, Isaiah Simmons in his third year, Zayvon Collins in his second. Buda Baker, obviously a perennial star. Byron Murphy, we'll see if he's a CB1. He was for the first portion of last season, but not the second half when the pass rush dropped off. J.J. Watt coming off injury. Leadership will be there. He will get. You'll get a lot out of J.J. Watt as much as he has, but this isn't J.J. Watt from seven or eight years ago. With Chandler Jones gone, with Jordan Hicks gone, the on-field leadership has dwindled. So as of right now, Kevin Peterson's a starting cornerback. Are you excited about that? Is Nick Vigil going to be a starting linebacker? Remember the Cardinals signed him? That's right. I don't think the Cardinals have 11 starters on their roster right now on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they're going to put 11 guys out. They're not going to play 11 on eight. But I think as of right now, the talent level is severely lacking. And what we saw through the draft was Steve Kime being the overcorrection master himself going, oh, you know what? I get a lot of crap for drafting Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Rightfully, you should. He went Hollywood Brown and then Trey, Mc, Trey McBride in the second round. So the offense is going to be fun. As a fan, come on. The offense is going to be great to watch. It's going to be amazing to watch. That doesn't do Vance Joseph much justice. And for those that think, and I say this very directly because I know the bells and whistles are great. I know the movie trailer that Cliff Kingsbury puts out from time to time is fascinating. I get it. But what I don't understand is why people don't understand that the strength of the Arizona Cardinals since 2019 has been the defense. Lest we forget how many points the Cardinals put up against Tennessee in week one because of the strip sacks, because of the constant pressure. 
Cleveland, same thing. Cliff Kingsbury wasn't even on the sidelines, baby. And they boat raced Cleveland. Turnovers. Chicago, the offense looked terrible. Turnovers. Jacksonville, the offense looked terrible. Turnovers. That's what got it. That's what kept the Cardinals in it. So to think that Vance Joseph, sure, he's not without blame. I see all over Twitter that, oh, you give Cliff and Kime all the crap and not Vance Joseph. That's not true. But do I think Cliff Kingsbury has underachieved more than Vance Joseph? Absolutely. 100%. Do I think that Steve Kime has given Vance Joseph enough talent, whether it be free agency in the draft, to excel at his defensive coordinator job? No. All I needed to see was when Chandler Jones went out in week five, I believe it was, of the 2020 season, and the pass rush for the Cardinals got better. It got better. That's all I needed to see. Vance Joseph, blitz packages. Vance Joseph, thinking outside the box. Vance Joseph, maximizing talent. Oh, well, if he's so great, why have Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins not played well so far? Maybe they weren't ready to play their rookie year. We saw it really quickly. With with the uh, with the wide wide receiver route against San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan went right at Isaiah Simmons. Week one of the 2020 NFL season, boop, 75 yarder, gone to the house. That's all you needed to see. That's not all on Vance Joseph. Sure, he is not without flaws, but I also think it's very unfair that he is set up at this point. If the Cardinals take a step back in the win loss record and the defense, the rankings go down, he is going to be looked at as the scapegoat when that is 100% completely unfair. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Coming up next, Kyle Odegaard is going to join me for two segments. Keep Mina Kimes Monday, Michael Jr. Tuesday, Matt Money Smith yesterday, Kyle Odegaard, formerly of azcardinals.com, now with Compare.bet. He's going to give his thoughts on the Cardinals offseason, Kyle Murray versus the front office, and what we look like now. Since the trade for Hollywood Brown on the on draft night through now, what the Cardinals look like as we slowly start to creep towards the start of the 2022 NFL season, all that and more next first built bar. So I ran like an idiot last time. They're right up there on top of my fridge. They're right there. The birthday cake puffs, protein infused marshmallow covered in white chocolate sprinkles, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, nine grams of sugar. They're like, it tastes like it can't taste better than a candy bar. They do truly. I had one this morning. They're incredible, but they get the protein you need. You don't have to make a huge breakfast. You don't have to mess up your kitchen. All you do is rip off the package, baby. Six bites. You got your protein for the morning and maybe through lunch if you're a maniac like me who only eats one meal a day. Bill Bar is a savior for me. They've got all the flavors. Banana cream pie. They got churro puffs. They've got stuff for days. This is just a featured one that we got a box of because we love Bill Bar. Go to Bill.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your own box. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. The great guest week continues. I had to get a dude with a red beard in here. Luckily, he used to write for the Cardinals. So, you know, it works out because I host the Cardinals podcast. Kyle Odegaard, my boy, joining me here. New-ish dad. Listen, let me tell you what. President Obama and Kyle Odegaard. Those are the two toughest guys to get an interview with. Well, the fact that I was able to get Kyle Odegaard to take some time away from his family and work, I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks for joining me. 
six and a half months ago it wasn't so hard and then i had twins and my life fell apart <laughs> compare dot bet he's he was with azcardinals.com with the cardinals for a while um i want to talk kyler murray versus the front office of the arizona cardinals that seem to be stuck in the mesozoic era when it comes to contract negotiations ain't doing social media it's not a surprise i want to talk about the rest of the offseason in the next segment what we're going to do with kyle is kind of look at the moment before they traded for hollywood brown to now because a lot's changed the roster is still kind of oblong. I still don't think we have 22 starters on this roster yet, potentially. Um, and Kyle knows more closely about the Cardinals than me and the theory behind what they do. So first, Kyler Murray, Eric Burkhart, the letter, no response, offer pulled, and we're kind of happy now and we think it's going to happen before the season starts. Who? What side are you on? Kyler Murray, Steve Kime, or neither? I, I understand, I think, Kyler Murray's uh, point of view. I mean, he's a guy who has shown star flashes, and obviously last season didn't go the way they wanted down the stretch, but he was a legitimate MVP candidate more than halfway through the yeah. season, and and then you lost D-Hop, D and obviously Kyler didn't play as well down the stretch, but I think he's a star. If you put the right players around him, he's a star, and after your third year, you're allowed to renegotiate and get paid. And if I'm him, I don't want to play for $5 million either when your market value is $45 million. So do you think because of the injury concerns he's had over the last couple of years and the inherent ones of, oh, he's small when he's not, I mean, he's built like, Darren Sproles was 5'5 and he played in the league for 12 years. You know, I know he tore his ACL with New Orleans and he had injury concerns later, but do you think the Cardinals would be smart as a football player only? And not what he brings to Phoenix. Obviously, the stardom is there, but like, do you think it's a good business investment to give him forty plus million dollars a year? The good business investment is to wait as long as possible. And I mean, in a perfect world, they could let him play the next two years and not pay him. But that's why there's the team side of things and the player side of things. Because, like I said, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm not letting that happen. Like I've showed my value in saying that. You have to pay me to get me out there to perform because I've shown that I'm worth that. So I think the Cardinals are going to have to capitulate on that and pay him because he's shown enough in my eyes. And I think they would rather have him play out a fourth year and even the fifth year before paying him. But I think you might want to say that, but what if Kyler Murray says, I'm not going to play for you this year because you didn't pay me. Then, then the team is stuck all year because they don't have their quarterback. And all of a sudden you're one of the worst teams in the NFL. At Kyle underscore Odegaard on Twitter, compare.bet, formerly of azcardinals.com. Um, you were around during the week one Washington professional football team, 2018, home opener, where the Cardinals were on the field for five minutes in the first half. And it was one of the worst offensive outputs that led to one of the worst offensive seasons in NFL history. If nothing else, look at what happened since then, obviously. And I'll give Cliff some credit. I think you give Kyler more. Um, how many teams do you think would trade for Kyler Murray right now? Mm. Say three for like the run, like the normal, not eight first round picks, but like all things being equal. How many teams would rather have Kyler Murray than their than their quarterback right now? Probably all but eight, maybe. Yeah, I would say 24, yeah. 24, yeah. 25. And I feel like that's gotta be in the bargaining chips. They know that. Because what we've seen, wide receivers mostly is like, you know what? I don't care who pays me, I'm gonna get paid is kind of the new day and age, which is great and terrible and exciting for us as fans. But what do you think the next step is? Do you think that 
a job, a deal gets done before training camp? Are we going to be Arizona Cardinalsing this thing week one? Like, is Kyler Murray going to start? I think a deal will get done. I think the way they talked most recently, obviously, it was very turbulent through several months of the offseason. And like you mentioned, with the letter and with the anonymous sources on the Cardinal say, side saying he's self-centered and a finger pointer and all that, like they, they were taking their shots at Kyler, but it seems like everything has calmed down. And I do think both sides want to get a deal done at this point. I feel like financially they can make it work. Um, but if for some reason the offer comes in lower than Kyler Murray thinks he's worth, then maybe it gets a little bit interesting. I, I, I do feel like they're going to come to that middle ground to get it done, but if not, I mean, we could be in for another round of fireworks. Yeah, man. Kyle Odegaard, Kyle underscore Odegaard on Twitter. Check him out at Compare.Bet. Um, before we go to the draft night trade on through now, tell me, because you had firsthand account, what the culture was like around the Arizona Cardinals before and after Kyler Murray. Like, has there been a complete resurgence of this organization, or is it just another star quarterback wearing a Cardinals jersey? Yeah, I don't think there's a humongous culture difference. I mean, you look at it, obviously, Michael Bidwell's still there. Steve Kime's still there. So the people that were before Kyler Murray, all those people are still there. So I think it's the same kind of business as usual from a culture standpoint. But obviously, you drafted a guy with more potential than any guy you've ever had at quarterback, especially a young franchise guy. So to me, that changes the equation where, like, you can be – the Packers, if you can get the right players around him and you have a star quarterback for a really long time. And I think that's exciting for Cardinals fans, but the Cardinals have to get to that level. Obviously they've shown flashes, but they haven't won a playoff game with Kyler Murray at quarterback yet. So they have to get up to that level. But the fact that he's such a talented player, it obviously gives you hope. Just give me something easy. Just give me something easy. Like it's never easy with the Cardinals, it seems. And even though they started 10 and two last year, that's not to say that 2022 uh, won't be different because the offense is going to be flipping different. We're also DeAndre Hopkins is on there or not. I'm going to pick Kyle's brain about that next segment at Kyle Odegaard on Twitter. Compare.bet. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. From the Hollywood Brown trade to now, next, Locked on Cardinals first, betonline.net. Uh, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting. And Kyle, plug your ears and uh, and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores, fights, and even the next NFL season. Like the futures for the Cardinals in 2022 are going to be bonkers from now all the way through the start of the uh, start of the season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Go to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, final segment. Kyle Odegaard joining me in our big guest week. I, once again, I needed a red bearded brother here. I had Trevor Sikama on a couple weeks ago. We got to keep it light. You know, we got to keep the red beard flowing. I, unlike Kyle, am a hybrid where red is just in my beard. Debate me that my hair is red. We'll have a conversation about that. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle underscore Odegaard, formerly of azcardinals.com, now with compare.bet. The moment that the Cardinals traded for Hollywood Brown, your initial thoughts? Well, I had heard some rumblings for quite a while that they were interested in Hollywood Brown and it could happen. So it didn't surprise me um, that it happened. I think it was a smart trade. I think 
I had kind of been espousing this for a while. Like when you go into the fourth year of Kyler Murray, you want to try to build up and be a legit contender. And if that means trading your first round pick for established talent, especially cheap established talent, I think it's a good move. And they clearly needed a wide receiver number two. A.J. Green is not that player anymore. I think he's a really good fit when you have DeAndre Hopkins because you really haven't had that deep threat, you know, since Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray were here. Christian Kirk showed it at times, but Hollywood Brown is a legit, like, scared the defense deep threat. So I think him and D-Hop and Rondell Moore will work well together. And now, obviously, we just have to wait six games to uh, see it come to fruition. But I did like the trade. It's obviously mortgaging the future a little bit, but I think this is the time to do it. I mean, Kyler Murray is cheap. He's not going to be cheap for much longer. So I think you have to push, push your chips in and go for it. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, I was like, what the hell are we doing here? I think that was my first initial reaction because I was – my top three needs were protect Kyler Murray, hit the quarterback, stop the run, and I guess the fourth one was stop opposing wide receivers. None of those four were uh, addressed in the first two rounds, which kind of left me pause. Like, the fan side of me is like, hell yeah, baby, let's play Madden. Like, who cares? If you're going to mess up, mess it up big. You know, like, but the Hollywood Brown, I'm like, what are we doing here? But – they did pick up a third rounder. I get it now. The only issue I had is I, you didn't have any sort of pause where you're seeing guys like A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel like, once that fourth year hits, I ain't playing. Pay me now. So it seems like it'll be cheap this year. But next year, I think he's set to make 13 or $14 million. What's to say that it's one year he's a pro bowler and then they get they, he wants to get paid next year? Like, is that just the risk you take? Yeah, I think it's a risk you take, and if he does play that well, that means that your offense is doing pretty well, provided DeAndre Hopkins comes back and plays well. Because if you have two Pro Bowl wide receivers, you're probably doing pretty well, especially when you have Kyler Murray. So I think it's a risk, but um, I think it's one you have to take. And you do have that fifth-year option with him, which I think is important, where he's cost control for two years. If you have to extend him, you do, but the salary cap's going up. They don't have a lot of guys under contract in 23 and 24. And you choose the guys you want to play. And a 24, 25-year-old receiver who's a pro bowler, that's a guy I'd pay. So I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, and I think I see, I think it was an over the cap. I saw they have about $28 million as of right now in 2023 cap space at the end of the 2022 season. So, yeah, it's not going to be like this year, next year, especially with the inflation of the cap room. Um, the moment they drafted Trey McBride at 55, your initial thought then? Well, I didn't understand it. It made a lot more sense after the DeAndre Hopkins news, yeah. which I had no idea about. That one that one caught me, caught me off guard. But I can see it. And actually, if you go back to 2019 at the end when the Cardinals were doing two tight end stuff, running the ball with Kenyon Drake, that offense was arguably more efficient than anything they've had, maybe besides the early part of 2021. But that team was grooving pretty good, and that was with, like, Farrell Cooper and Demir Bird at wide receiver and aging Larry Fitzgerald. You did not have great wideouts, but that run game was really moving and that offense was going well. So if you can do the two tight end stuff and, and mix it up a little bit, I'm intrigued to see what they're doing there because we saw 10 personnel work at times, but it just felt like everything had to be so well oiled. And once D-Hop goes down and it falls apart, like you can't have an offense that's dependent on everyone being healthy everyone playing their roles. So I do think the two tight end thing does have potential. And I want to see how it looks, especially because you got to get that running game going. It's fallen off the last couple of years. And with Kyler Murray's ability to pull on zone reads, I think they should have a top five rushing offense every year. And 
for whatever reason, the last two years have not been like that. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and and with Trey McBride, he's got the comp to to George Kittle because he's a good blocking tight end. Like the, you can you can line them both up in the X or Y. Like he doesn't he doesn't have to be you know you know tight to the tight to the tackles. And yeah, he'll have flexibility. Cliff Kingsbury. My last question is gonna be my best. And I'm gonna wait just a minute to ask it. Um, it seems like, and I tweeted this out yesterday. It seems like Vance Joseph is going to be set up to be the scapegoat if things don't go well this year, in my opinion. Because what they've done is the Steve Kimes special of overcorrection, Steve Wilkes and Cliff Kingsbury. We draft a defense. Okay, you don't want defense. Hollywood Brown, Trey McBride. So Vance Joseph now doesn't have Jordan Hicks in leadership on the field, doesn't have Chandler Jones in leadership on the field. He's got a bunch of young corners. Byron Murphy, I still don't think is a wide cornerback one, even though we saw flashes early in last year when the pass rush was there. Is Vance Joseph a lame duck DC as a setup scapegoat if the defense is 23rd in the NFL? Well, first and foremost, I think Vance Joseph deserves the most credit. So Agreed. The Cardinals doing well. I mean, he's Agreed. two top 10 defenses in a row where – all the talk has been about Cliff Kingsbury, the offense. He spent the number one pick on Kyler Murray. Vance Joseph, to me, has been fantastic. So if you would let him go after one bad season where, like you said, you don't have much pass rush presence, your interior defensive linemen are probably among the worst in the NFL, the cornerback situation is questionable, are those inside linebackers going to live up to their billing? Because I still have a lot of questions about Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. I think Vance Joseph is a really smart defensive mind. I've been tooting his horn for a long time, and a lot of people disagree. But I think what we've seen has been really impressive. And it would be a shame to me if, yeah, if, if they regress because of the personnel, I don't think he should take that blame at all. I agree. But you know what? Steve Keim extension, Cliff Kingsbury extension. You know, and I'm going to ask you about that in just a second. I mean, all I need to see about Vance Joseph and his vitriol and what his intestinal fortitude, Chandler Jones goes out week five and two years ago, and that pass rush gets better. He got Hassan Reddick paid, and he was the first one that was like, you know what, go play your natural position. Why don't you do that? Now, let me ask you this one little thing because I, I nerd out on this. Do you think there's a chance that Isaiah Simmons can move outside this year? Like, Isaiah Simmons fits – Hassan Reddick could fit in Isaiah Simmons' pocket. Like, Isaiah Simmons was built in an absolute lab. See quarterback, hit quarterback. You don't think that's, that's a possibility for him? That's a I dream want- of mine. When I watch him blitz, I don't see much pass rush ability at all. Obviously, he's a gazelle, but he doesn't have the quick twitch that Hassan Reddick has. He doesn't have the bend of Hassan Reddick. I I think it's more likely he goes back than forward where he plays safety instead of linebacker if it doesn't work out. All right, last one. At Kyle Odegaard, uh, new dad to six-month-old baby twins. I had Bo Brock. Like, I just got baby fever. Bo left went over to another podcast. I had to deal with his baby situation for eight months. It's just a bad business decision. Uh, compare.bet, uh, formerly lazycardos.com. I'm kidding. I love kids. I'm joking. Um, the moment you saw, because I'm sure you heard rumblings before it happened. The moment you saw Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury getting a five-year extension or four-year, whatever, starting at the end of of the 2022 season, your initial reaction was? Yeah, I got a call about 20 minutes before it was broken on Twitter that that they were getting extended. And I'm like, are you sure? Is this happening? <laughs> I, I was stunned by it. I think I felt like year four for Cliff Kingsbury, whatever year it is for Steve Kime, this is the pivotal year for those two guys. They've built it up pretty well these last three seasons, but like, are you going to take that step to legit title contention where you've got 
a superstar quarterback on a rookie deal. Everything should be coming together like you've seen with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals, and now it looks like the Chargers are doing it. Are you in that same lane? Because if not, I think it's fair to question whether they should be the long-term answers. And now they obviously got extended through 2027, and even if they have a bad year, can you fire two guys that you just extended? Probably not. So I, I was very surprised, and uh, I still feel like it's a pivotal season for both of those guys to prove that, hey, we can take this team to the next step because we've seen flashes, but they haven't put it all together yet, and I think it's a really important year. What When did it become a bad thing to be a lame duck quarterback, on the uh, head coach on the last year of your deal? How dare you have to prove that you deserve an extension? And, and I guess the argument was to get free agents here because you'd see stability, but they didn't really sign any free agents. So I don't understand that thought process. It, it was, it was very surprising to me. And well, obviously Michael Bidwell can just make that choice unilaterally. It's not like he has to consult with people. It's his decision and, and one he made, but I'm still watching like, how are these two going to do in this season? I think it's an extremely pivotal year. A man smarter than me. On the other side, just said that. I didn't say that. Leave your hate comments for me. That's fine. Leave this nice man out of it. Kyle Odegaard, compare.bet. Dude, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yep, not a problem. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. The guest train rolls on. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network going to join me tomorrow. Catch you then.